You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to As I Recall It, a podcast featuring stories, thoughts, and anecdotes about memories of the past. Are they told exactly as they happened? Probably not. Only as I recall it. Back in 2008, my life as I knew it got turned upside down. Things change as they often do, but life changes can be difficult. I was aware that my wife at the time and I were slowly drifting apart, that perhaps we'd been drifting apart for some time and neither one of us chose to acknowledge it. It wasn't until it was apparent that it was too late to fix. I say that with the utmost confidence because we tried so many times, but we always found ourselves apart again. Our time had ended, and it was time we faced facts. Spending 10 years of your life with someone only to wake up the next day without them is a lonely feeling. You're convinced that no one in this world will love you like they did, no one will see you the way that they had, despite any evidence to the contrary. It's a ridiculous line of thought since people come and go through relationships all the time. However, a lack of self-confidence can be soul-crushing. You try to put yourself out there only to be rejected, which doesn't help the mindset you're already in. It just makes you feel more worthless than you did. Living in such a lonely, unloved world for some can be fatal. Some do not have the support structure or the willpower to find a reason to keep going. I don't consider these people to be cowards like some. If you've never hit rock bottom, then you have no idea what that feeling is. There's a deep, sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach that prevents you from ever feeling happy. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You find yourself refusing to get out of bed because then you have to face the world and that's the last thing you want to do. You don't want to leave the house, yet ironically you feel alone. You feel trapped inside yourself, wanting to feel better, begging for happiness, grasping for any inch of it you can find, only to talk yourself down mentally, calling yourself worthless and ugly, and someone who doesn't deserve to be happy because you were. And look how that turned out. As if it's somehow all your fault. For a long time, I was all those things. As I recall, I caught up with an old friend in the middle of my divorce and began asking how they were doing, only to have the question turned to me. And as I answered, in the middle of a divorce, it was eight years later before I spoke to that person again. Not sure what happened in that particular moment. It was just one of those worthless moments for me. Trying to find some light in a pool of darkness can be difficult. But some of us have yet to hit the lowest point of that bottom, so we keep searching. In my lowest point, my attention turned to Family Guy. During this point, the show was enjoying a little resurgence with several successful seasons under its belt, along with syndication viewing. Late at night, while trying to find sleep, I would play it in the background, and it would bring me a laugh or two. Sometimes it wasn't enough, since it only played two episodes a night, so I'd have to wait another day before I could see more. I always hoped I would fall asleep before it ended, so I would never have the feeling of disappointment when it was over. One day, while driving home from spending a weekend with some friends, it occurred to me that I could solve my problem. You see, my friend had Family Guy on DVD. It was something we watched a bit while I was visiting. Like a light bulb sparking in my head, I quickly made to the nearest Sam Goody, or whatever it was called at the time, I know it was like a Sam Goody. It was in Lebanon. Maybe a listener will remember and know what I'm talking about and let me know. 
Anyway, I made a stop at this multimedia shop and quickly acquired every set of Family Guy available on the market. I took them home, and every night for many months, as I lay alone on my couch, I would allow Seth MacFarlane's crazy creation lull me to sleep with laughs and an odd sense of comfort. This whole idea may be odd for some, but we all find a sense of comfort in something others might find strange. For some, it's a stuffed animal. For others, it's the bottom of a whiskey bottle. Who am I to judge someone for their preferred choice of calm? I personally don't believe I chose this show directly. It just happened to be something in my life at the time that could bring me joy at any given point, and it never let me down. It was something dependable. Something that would never judge or leave me. Something that sole purpose was to make me laugh. I'm grateful that this show came into my life the way it did. I often wonder about the butterfly effect in this scenario. In an alternate timeline, Seth MacFarlane got on Flight 11 from Boston on September 11, 2001, which led to Family Guy ending with his death. With that chain of events, do I find comfort elsewhere, or does the darkness consume me as it did others? I'm not egotistical enough to assume that divine intervention spared his life to save mine, but what if it wasn't just mine? What if there are others out there with a similar tale like this one? Whatever it may be, I'm grateful to Seth MacFarlane and the wonderful cast and crew of Family Guy for putting on a show that very well kept me from dancing in the shadows. We'll never know for sure, but I'd still love to shake their hands and let them know that Family Guy saved my life. Some time ago, I read a post asking if anyone else felt shame in admitting that they were a fan of Star Wars considering all the controversy surrounding it. Now, at the time of this recording, the aforementioned controversy stems from The Last Jedi and Solo. These were two movies that had a collective of hardcore Star Wars fans decide to impose their idea of what true fandom is and completely destroy these films. The hatred ran so deep that Solo was the lowest-grossing Star Wars film to date, and The Last Jedi is the most hated film to date. I say to date, since this is 2018 when this was recorded, so there's no telling what ire the franchise has faced since. Anyway, this hatred was so deep that, quote-unquote, fans made one of the stars of The Last Jedi leave social media because hating her character is the same as hating her, apparently. And... They started a fundraiser to earn $50 million to remake The Last Jedi. Wow. That's full-on hatred. But it's a hatred I don't fully understand. Star Wars isn't the only franchise in the known universe, but its fandom hatred runs deep. In thinking about other franchises with multiple sequels, it makes me wonder why fans are more forgiving of those series' missteps. With 12 movies featuring the character Jason Voorhees, I can't remember a time when I heard someone hate on one of these movies this deep. Sure, there are entries that some don't care for, like Star Wars, and others that people put on a pedestal, like Star Wars. But at the end of the day, most fans accept it for what it is and go about their day. Halloween is another franchise that I enjoy, and by the end of 2018, it will have three alternate timelines and one that's completely unrelated. That's insane! And yet, I enjoy it all. Well, most of it anyway. Halloween Resurrection can jump off a cliff. 
Now, I said that last statement to prove that I can be just as critical about something that I love. That entry felt wrong to me on so many levels and completely negated what should have been a proper ending to a franchise. But that's just my opinion. If someone else in the world watched it and felt that it was the single greatest piece of horror cinema they had ever watched, who am I to take that away from them? Who am I to tell that person they are absolutely wrong and proceed to tell them how stupid and ignorant they are for believing that? Not everyone likes the same things. This is a fact. A genuine fact. If someone told me within conversation they had never seen a Godzilla film, and then I picked one at random, showed it to them, and by the end they chose not to watch another, I can't be mad at them for their choice. There was a reason they had not watched these films up to that point, and it was probably a lack of interest. Now, if I created a fan in that moment, great. I have someone I can share these films with, as well as that fandom. That's what fandom should be. A collection of fans who share the same love for the same thing. The key word there is love. A fan is someone who loves the thing that they are a fan of. Whether it's a book series, a film franchise, a collection of video games, and even a sports team, you love that thing unconditionally. Not because you have to, but because you choose to. Another keyword: choose. Let's look at sports fans. Sports fans are the most loyal fans in the history of any fandom. They will watch and root for their absolute favorite teams, and no matter how well or how bad that team plays from year to year, those fans will remain loyal even at their lowest point. They have no contract obligating them to do so. They have no blood oath they cannot escape. They choose to love their favorite team through the ups and the downs forever and always. It's beautiful, and I'm not even a sports fan. Why can't other forms of fandom be like that? Why must there always be a divide? Why must it be original versus prequel, Marvel versus DC, Sony versus Xbox? I remember a time when openly speaking up about geeky things you loved was frowned upon. You didn't tell everyone you loved something like comic books because it would get you picked on. Now, if you say you love The Last Jedi, you could receive a death threat. Where did nerd culture go wrong? When did we become the bad guys? We live in a time where comic book movies and TV shows are plentiful. A time where you can accrue a backlog of video games. A time where it is much easier to find and join with like-minded individuals and express your love for a fandom. Where did it go wrong? I'm a fan of many things, and no matter how much someone hates it, it will never sway how I feel. Maybe one day I'll outgrow it. Or I won't love it like I used to, and I'll choose to walk away from it. Love and choice. That's what it's all about. It's what it should always be about. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed our story. Remember, if you'd like to support this and other shows, you can go to patreon.com slash pencilandpaperproductions or pencilandpaperproductions.podbean.com and click become a patron in the top right-hand corner. You can find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network found on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you once again, and I hope you'll join us again next time. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.